Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Do you need heavy equipment or farm equipment? Look no further than Southern Equipment and Parts in Laurel. We have a wide selection of new and used equipment from many top brands. We also offer parts, service, and rentals. Whether you're a contractor, farmer, or just need help around the house, we have what you need. Southern Equipment is your one-stop shop for all farm and heavy equipment. Visit us at 5237 Highway 84 West and southernequipparts.com or call 601-651-4555. Or free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. All right. Happy Monday to everybody. Welcome to another week of the Eagle Hour. Bob, Kelly, and Luke, we're broadcasting from the Southern Bancorp Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel this afternoon. We're glad you're with us. Uh, We've got a full week of guests lined up for you, starting today with David Eckert from the Hattiesburg American, Danny Reed from Georgia Southern University, and we've become so uptown, we've got our own intern, and we're going to introduce uh, him to you a little later as well. Opening segment sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit, proud supporters of the Eagle Hour and all things Southern Miss, and we appreciate all that they do. Encourage you to take your family uh, to Dickie's for a great meal. All right, we have uh, we have said uh, in the past uh, few months, we've had our share of criticism of the Hattiesburg American, but the Hattiesburg American has addressed uh, some of the complaints that uh, they've been receiving, and they've hired a young man to cover Southern Miss Athletics. And I had the pleasure of meeting him a couple of weeks ago. His name is David Eckert. He comes to us uh, from the great state of Pennsylvania, and he got the full uh, Jack Duggan recommendation as a guy that really is paying close attention to Southern Miss sports and uh, really making a great effort to provide the coverage here uh, and the local newspaper that the university deserves. So David has agreed to start coming on the Eagle Hour with us every week. Now that football is upon us, and uh, David, welcome f- uh, for the first time. We're glad to have you, gentlemen. It's uh, it's great to be here. I'm uh, I'm excited to be making my debut. Uh, looking forward to it. Well, we're glad to have you, and we're and we're so glad to see that uh, there is a full time. Uh, writer now assigned to covering Southern Miss sports, and again, uh, Jack Duggan told me that you were really uh, handling it uh, very professionally. So we're we're pleased to hear that. You were at the scrimmage Saturday. I know you've been at, uh, if not all, just about uh, all of the football practices. Uh, why don't you tell us what you saw Saturday and and what your uh, thoughts are right now about where this football team is? Sure thing. I mean, Saturday, what I saw was. I guess in my view, the the best offensive day that Southern Miss had. Um, you know, I think in general, uh, the, the defense has been in control um, so far, or I guess camps over. Um, but, you know, um, and I think that's something that Southern Miss fans probably would have expected. Um, but the offense had a really good day at the scrimmage. Um, Ty Keyes was very good. Trey Lowe made all the throws. Zach Wilkie made a couple of big throws. They, they, they took the top off the defense um, more than a handful of times. I mean, I think they probably had, uh, I don't have an exact count, but maybe, you know, nine or ten plays of 30 or more yards. Um, 
So, you know, if, if, if you're looking for that kind of football, that's what you want to see. But again, as with anything, when you're, you're, you're playing against yourself, <laughs> you know, I mean, what's good for the offense is maybe not so good for the defense. So it, it's tough to make, I guess, large scale conclusions from it, but um, a, a very encouraging day from an offensive standpoint for Southern Miss, I think. And really the weakness of the football team, I think everybody would agree last year, was the offensive line. Uh, I gather you, yep. like those of us that have been in practice, see some increased depth, some increased size, and it does appear that the offensive line will be, to some degree at least, improved. Yeah, well, look, I mean, you know, I, I just have the stats to go off of last year, and, and they're pretty dreadful. I didn't get to experience, I guess, the the, the full thing, but I think uh, Pro Football Focus had them in – the bottom 10 nationally in both uh, pass and run blocking efficiency, which is, I think it's safe to say, not where you would like to be. Um, but they, they, they look okay. You know, um, I think Sam Gregg's done a, done a pretty good job with the, with the hand that he's been dealt. Um, I think uh, they are run blocking at this point more effectively than they are pass blocking. Um, but, you know, uh, like with anything, it's a it's a it's a new coach. They're doing new things. I think you can expect that to incrementally improve as the season goes on. All right, Luke, get in here with David Eckert. Hey, David, thanks so much for coming on. I'm intrigued, uh, you know, because you coming from Big Ten football country, kind of what the reputation has been over the last couple of years, or the perception of Sunbelt football inside the group of five. We kind of the joke uh, in, in a good way was like when Tuesdays and Wednesdays and Thursdays, the, the nation seemed to call it the fun belt um, because the games are always exciting. I'm just curious about what the perception was up north. Yeah, I think that's about it. You know, I mean, everybody loves those those midweek games. You know, the football junkies just can't get enough. Um, and, you know, fun teams, um, App State came up, I think it was uh, 2017, it came up and took a no, actually it was 2018. Came up and took a very good Penn State team to over overtime at Beaver Stadium. Um, so you know that's that's who I covered for a long time, and and you know certainly Penn State fans have an appreciation for Sun Belt football based on that. Um, you know I think I think people know that there's some good teams um, that it's a conference very much on the rise um, even before this this latest. Uh, round of realignment um, that we're also, I guess, invested in. But, yeah, I think it has a good reputation. Um, you know, and I think it's a reputation that's only going to continue to grow. I mean, they're, they're doing all of the right things. So, it's, uh, I, go ahead, sorry. We're, we're homers on this show, and it's just I played football at Southern Miss. These two guys have cut. And, and in, a, in a lot of ways, that's good. In a lot of ways, we can blind ourselves uh, to reality. <laughs> Is is this a seven win team we're looking at in preseason? Is talking about Southern Miss? Is this a? I, I'm a, I'm kind of of their persuasion. If if we get to six wins, it's it's a win for uh, for Will Hall in year two. Yeah, I think I think that's the right attitude. I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna do my game by game by game predictions um, in the Hattiesburg American next week. But I I think right now I'm kind of leaning towards six as well. Um, you know I think. Look, I think the defense is very good. The defense is experienced. The defense has added some high-level talent. Um, a guy that I've been talking a lot is, is talking about a lot is Dalen Gill, who looks great. Um, 
you know, and I think the offense, the question to me is on the offensive side of the ball, right? What, what do you have in Ty Keys? How, how much of a learning curve is there going to be with Ty Keys? And can the offensive line play well enough to give him a platform for success? So, to me, I guess just factoring in, factoring in all of that, six wins is kind of where I'm landing. I could see it being too fewer. I could see it being two more. Um, so I guess I'm just kind of splitting the difference there. Well, that's why Las Vegas has them on the over-under at, at six wins. So you can – <laughs> Vegas, you know, they, they don't care whether they're right or wrong. They just want as, as much money being on one side as on the other. That's kind of the way that they do business. But, David, I wanted to ask you – and this – this is going to kind of be an uncomfortable question, but I think it, it certainly needs to be asked. Have, have you found yourself as the quote-unquote Hattiesburg American guy, have you found yourself having to execute any damage control with some of the Southern Miss fan base who have been very vocal about what they perceive as lack of coverage from uh, your bosses the last year or two in particular? Yeah, well, well look, I, I think what I've found is a community that is very willing to embrace me um, and, and, and really it, it's less about damage control and more about people that are excited that I'm here, which is overwhelming to be honest. Um, and, and I found that to be very nice. I found Southern Miss fans to be very, you know, kind and, and welcoming and appreciative. So, you know, maybe, maybe on Twitter, that's what you see. And for the record, I do not send the tweets. Okay. I, I was not hashtagging go tigers before the, uh, before the the uh, the regional final, but great to know. Um, yeah, <laughs> but um, in uh, in person, everybody has been re- really kind and really really welcoming, and and I'm I'm doing my best to to repay that with with coverage that you know you guys will appreciate and and enjoy and 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 read. So. Um, I've really enjoyed it. You know, Bob, I'm, I'm very happy with it. Bob Getty Go and I are very old school. We both have journalism degrees. And, and back when we went in school, back in the 1800s, it was you, you simply report the facts and nobody cares about your opinion, right? But it seems as time has gone on with the infusion of social media, there's more and more opinions being generated and less and less actual facts being presented. Where do you see and what do you see as your job as far as that goes? All right, David, I'm going to interrupt you there a second. If you could hold on. Uh, We've got a really short break. I'll let you answer that question uh, right on the other side of the break. We're talking to David Eckert, who's the new sports writer for the Hattiesburg American, covering Southern Miss Athletics, and we're very glad to have him uh, become a part of the Eagle Hour this fall and I think equally as happy uh, to see someone here full-time covering our Golden Eagles. So we're going to continue our conversation with him right on the other side of the break. You're tuned in to the Super Talk Eagle Hour on the Super Talk Radio Network. We'll be right back as Monday gets underway on Eagle Hour.
Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. All right, you hear the Super Talk Eagle Hour podcast, uh, 365, 24 hours a day on Apple Podcasts, Audible, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or you can just tell Alexa to play the Super Talk Eagle Hour. And we appreciate uh, each and every person that uh, does that every day. Campus Bookmark sponsors the second segment of our radio broadcast, and we appreciate all that they do. They're great supporters of Southern Miss. They have a great selection of Southern Miss apparel. They're located right across the street from the campus on Hardy Street. You can also shop them online at campusbookmark.net. And with with the first game of the season, Bob, being a gold out, they've got a lot of the gold shirts available ready ready for you to look at and ready to get uh, ready for the opener against Liberty. We're talking to David Eckert, who is the uh, new sports writer for the Hattiesburg American. Before the break, David, uh, Kelly asked you about the impact of social media on your line of work and uh, compared to old school journalism. I'll let you finish that thought. Yeah, well, well, I guess my, my pr- preference, my strong preference, actually, <laughs> would be to never tweet if I didn't have to. You know, like uh, it's 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 something that I have to do, um, but. Look, I mean, my job, and, and I think part of the question was, I guess, the balance between facts and opinion and analysis. Yes. And, you know, my first job is always to bring facts. And, you know, I, I've only been here for three months. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm not necessarily at a point where I can do this quite yet, but I, I would love to be you know, a, a resource for Southern Miss fans that, that brings them hard news and, and, and facts first and foremost. Um, but you know, the reality of journalism in 2022 is that there's going to have to be some analysis thrown in, thrown in with it. Um, you know, this week I'm working on like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing a predictions, um, three bold predictions, uh, for the season. I'm doing season predictions. I'm doing a lot of that analysis stuff i guess to to prepare for the season this week um so you know i I don't think i'm ever going to be like here's the world's hottest take and you know press send on a tweet just to do it that's not really who i am or or who i want to be but you know the the reality is that there's gonna there's gonna be some analysis and i'm sure that southern miss fans aren't gonna agree with some of it and that's okay because that's what that's what that type of thing is for. It's for discussion. But yeah, I definitely want to be a, a fact a fact based resource for for Southern Miss fans. No right. doubt. Well, we're looking forward to having you on the show each and every Monday uh, during football season. Uh, one last question uh, before you go: You moved down here from Pennsylvania, so the, this is a different culture, the Commonwealth. Yeah. So I've got an a, I've got a yeah. A B or C <laughs> multiple choice question. What has caught your attention the most? A the humidity. B, the food. C, the beautiful Southern women. <laughs> I'm going to go with the, the politically correct answer and say A, because I can't eat most of the food. I've got a bunch of, like, really weird allergies, and it's honestly, it's, it's kind of torture because it looks so delicious. Uh-huh. But the reality is I can't eat, like, the vast majority of it. It makes me really sad. But um, I'll go with the humidity just because, I mean, <laughs> you know, it's this week, just because it's raining all the time and, you know, the weather is a little bit more like what I'm used to. But, you know, two weeks ago, when it's 90 here and it's humid, like every day is the hottest day we would have in the year up there. Wow. So, you know, it's, 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 
it's been a lot to get used to. Yeah, and, and that's just uh, that's pretty uh, normal down here, David. Yeah. Yeah. I. I All right, I've and, and I'm not going to pin but, you down, but I, I'm convinced that you've noticed answer C as well since you've been here. <laughs> And and with yeah. with him being on the show now, Bob, regularly, we have fulfilled our FCC requirement as certain amount of Yankee input on this show. There we go, David. So you're a welcomed Yankee here on the Eagle Hour. How's that, my man? Beautiful. All it right. feels great. Hey, we look forward to having you every every week, my friend. I thank you very much, and thank you for coming down here and uh, putting your skills to work for Southern Miss. Looking forward to it, guys. Thanks for having me on. All right, David Eckert from the Hattiesburg American, and uh, – yeah, you can't tell me he hadn't noticed number C. <laughs> no, but, you know, and that I, I thought, you know, we, we never want to dodge the tough questions. And so I had to ask him about, you know, the damage control thing. And, and, and we've even, you know, we've even taken a shot here or two on the Eagle Hour about the Hattiesburg American. But the thing I want people to understand and, and to remember is that none of this, none of the past did he have anything to do with. Right. So he's here. He's here doing a job and uh, and he's. Says he's dedicated, you know, to doing it right. So good for him. Right. Two new things about the Eagle Hour. This week uh, we uh, sent our sales force out. Uh, it is now uh, possible for you to buy commercial advertising on the Eagle Hour podcast, which is growing rapidly uh, since uh, we first started doing that at the early part of the year. So our sales guys will be explaining to business owners throughout the Pine Belt uh, the great opportunity that is. And secondly... We have become so big that we now officially, as of today, have our own Eagle Hour intern. And he is here in the studio with us. His name is Nathan Lee. He is a senior uh, at Southern Miss, majoring in journalism with a minor, get this, with a minor in social media. Never knew such a thing existed. He works on the 4th Street Sports, uh, USM-based sports podcast, and has his own podcast called The Pound Perspective. And Nathan, we're glad to have you here in the Eagle Hour family and look forward to you doing a lot of work for us this fall. Of course, uh, Mr. Bob. It's an honor to be here. Uh, I'm just glad that y'all are allowing me to do this and have an opportunity to you know, spread my wings and try and use these skills I've learned over uh, the last three years at uh, Southern Miss. And uh, I'm just excited and ready to hit the, uh, hit, the, hit the ground running. All right, you're going to be working on Friday nights with our, our associate here, Luke Johnson. You're going to find out what a fine high school play-by-play broadcaster he is. I know you're going to learn a lot uh, working with Luke. Uh, you're going to be doing player and coaches interviews with us uh, for us uh, from practice all week. You're going to be our go-to guy after home games in the locker room, gathering uh, sound bites and uh, interviews for our show. Uh, you know, in, in the following week. So we really look forward to having you here. We think it'll be a great learning opportunity for you, and we think you'll bring a lot to the program. I appreciate that. Let's do this. I'm excited. And now, Nate, hey, wait a minute. I'm just piecing hey, this. Kelly, to- go ahead, Luke. This is important. Yeah. Have you have you informed him that? You and I are basically like interns as well. I mean, there is no pay involved, and so I, I just want to get the uh, the expectations right with him. Well, he's getting college credit, though. Yeah. Right? We don't even get that. <laughs> and, and trust us, Nathan, they get a check every oh, day. Yeah, on the yeah. 15th and the 31st. <laughs> but I'm just I'm piecing the last name together, and, and the time, are you... Are you kin to Nolan Lee? I actually am. That how do you know my brother? Your brother is a is an immensely talented yes. actor and singer. Yes, indeed. Really? Yeah, that. and if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. he was just announced as one of the leads in Southern Miss's upcoming production of Guys and Dolls. Indeed, he is actually. Yes, 
Yes, he is. He, he just did the uh, audition this weekend and stuff. So, uh, yeah, yep. he was really excited to get that news. And, you know, that's that's going to be a really good performance in the fall. Well, I can, and I'm, and I'm not saying this to blow smoke up your skirt. It's really more talking about your brother. But if you're half as talented as your brother is, I'm telling you. you're going to do fine. No, yeah, my dad, in his first performance, he, uh, he came up to me. And uh, uh, after his first performance and, and gave me the, the little pamphlet of the show and said, you might want to get his autograph. It's probably going to be worth something someday. I got so mad. I was like, he's going to need my autograph. <laughs> and, and actually, I think I, I think I acted with Nolan in some production. I don't know if it was an HCLO production of uh, Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. That Dreamcoat. was his first HCLO show. Yes. Okay, then we were in that show together. That's awesome. I'll have to ask him about you. Yeah. All right. Now, Nathan, you won't go wrong by following the advice and instruction you get from Luke and I. But, Luke, I'll let you... You yeah. go ahead and forewarn him about the third person on the show. <laughs> yeah, th- there will be there will be times uh, during this journey with the Eagle Hour that the third person, the unnamed third person of this uh, of this um, broadcast, will will say things. And bet- between the first and second part of the sentence, there will be a noticeable grimace or moan from the other two of us. Okay, correct. Okay. Um, and and there's been a few times where actually you know people in higher positions of authority than outside the company, but like in the federal government, have reached out to the Eagle Hour and have suggested that we contain Kelly Sander um, for for numerous things. So Not to mention just, law enforcement. <laughs> um, and if he doesn't show up, you know when he comes back, just kick him. Make sure he doesn't have an ankle bracelet on. It, it's oh, happened yeah, before. It's Got happened it. before. I I, I'm that. the guy that pushes the envelope, yeah. and, and I very clearly am the social chair of this fraternity. Yeah, yeah. I, I noticed that real quick in this show. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And Lee, you notice how he dresses? Yeah. yeah. Have you ever seen a grown man with snow cones? Yeah, we should have shirt? some video cameras in yeah. here. No, no, we shouldn't. <laughs> Look, I tried. He, he's the reason we don't have video cameras. <laughs> and I try to teach you every day. If you're in the studio, how to do the Dixie Darling oh. dance. Yeah, so yeah. Just get oh, yeah, he did it at the beginning of the show. So yeah, yeah. One last piece of advice. Don't go to lunch with him because oh. he has a way of disappearing when the waitress brings the ticket. Uh, and you're, uh, not, you're not supposed to be spending oh, money as an intern. And as yeah. far as my clothes go, Mr. Getty, I have tried to be philanthropic and give these clothes away, but the homeless didn't even want I these. I can understand <laughs> why nobody would want that shirt right there. Because it's snow cone yeah. color, isn't it? The snow cone shirt, Kelly Sand. You're jealous as heck, I can yeah. tell. Nathan, we're glad does to Louis have, have a Does Louie have a, a twin, like a matching shirt for you, you, you guys right <laughs> yeah. around? Louie the Wonder Dog. <laughs> even Louie wouldn't wear that shirt, Luke. No. no, like I said, the homeless didn't even want this, so I had to take it back. All right, Nathan Lee, you'll be hearing from him on Mondays. He'll be working with us all through the fall. We're glad to have you, young man. Thank you, man. All right, we'll be back. Georgia Southern uh, play-by-play man Danny Reed next on the Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. All right, we want to thank David Eckert for joining us. Excited to have a new sports writer here actually covering Southern Miss for the Hattiesburg American, and uh, we thank this young man 
uh, is going to do a great job. This segment is sponsored by 4th Street Bar and Grill, right in the shadow of The Rock. That's where we'll be on the Friday afternoon before uh, Southern Miss entertains Liberty University. We'll be broadcasting from 4th Street Bar and Grill. We thank those guys uh, for all they do to support Southern Miss and, of course, our, our program on the Super Talk Radio Network. Danny Reed is the play-by-play voice for Georgia Southern University, uh, yet another new conference member for the Golden Eagles as we're trying to uh, preview all the upcoming uh, teams. Uh, Danny, I'm going to ask you the same question I've asked a lot of our guests from around the league, and that is uh, a lot of excitement here in Hattiesburg about the Golden Eagles uh, participating in Sunbelt uh, athletic competition. I just wonder what was the vibe at Georgia Southern when the expansion was announced and, and the teams were announced? Oh, really excited considering who it was that was brought in. They didn't go the media market route that's been done by Conference USA and now the American to try to save face to a degree. But when you can bring in fan bases, passionate college towns like Hattiesburg, Harrisonburg, Norfolk, and then going to Huntington, those are places that understand tradition and those are places where you win. People there are vested in those programs. They're small towns, but people get it. And all have had a lot of success at various times in their history of football, but they've also had a lot of success in various other sports. This is certainly football-driven, but the fact that so many schools have success in something outside of football means that we have something else we can talk about outside of the couple of months that we get from August through November or December. That's, that's what made this really compelling. And now you've got a balanced league with 14 schools, seven in each division, 10 states. It's a nice geographic split right down the middle. And I think that it's only the beginning for the Sun Belt. I think it's going to explode in the next few years. And what sort of football team will Georgia Southern bring to the uh, scenario this year? I don't exactly know because with Clay Helton being here and with scheme changes on offense, defense, and special teams, you don't know until you know. They've been hitting each other. They've been going against each other for months now. And with fall camp, there's been a lot of a lot of energy. And that that's oftentimes tough to see for a program that's had three losing seasons in the last five years and coming off of a three and nine campaign with a coaching change after four games. But they seem to be bought in. They seem to just be ready for whatever challenges face them because for a lot of the fifth and sixth year guys, they've been through more than you could possibly imagine over the course of their careers in Statesboro. But until it's a situation where they're on the field against somebody that doesn't know exactly what they're going to do, we won't know what it's going to look like. Hopefully it's a lot better, but we, we shall see over these next few months. Well, I'm certainly familiar with uh, Georgia Southern's football program, even the campus and even some of the, the watering holes around town. But Georgia Southern has always been very traditional, run-first, very run-heavy football team. From what you're seeing so far out of Clay Helton and his staff, does it continue to be that way? Or are they going away from the run and more toward the pass? There will be running. There just won't be as much of it. But the way that offensive coordinator Brian Ellis put it to me this is going to be a team that throws the ball more just because when you throw it 10 to 15 times per game when you're option based when you balance things out of course it's going to look like a lot more and for some people it's going to seem like 40 and 50 times a game regardless it might be that sometimes if that's what they have to do to win but he reiterated to me there's a lot of backfield talent with Jalen White and Gerald Green and then a couple of freshmen they're really excited about and OJ Arnold and Terrence Gibbs is a four-star guy out of Florida once he gets healthy from a knee injury. There's the ability to still run the ball 50 times per game with the talent that's in that backfield 
and with as much as the offensive line has improved under Richard Owens, who might be the unsung hero of this entire coaching staff. So there's still going to be plenty of runs. It's just not going to be the flex bone, not very much triple option. You might see it here and there, but this is going to be much more balanced, and I would think that a downfield passing attack that's what's going to be able to move Georgia Southern forward. Any college football fan, true college football fan, knows about the history of Georgia Southern, but to the lay football fan, Clay Helton going from the Pac-12 to the Sun Belt was, really seemed like a splash hire, kind of fill in the blanks for us. It, it was, and for it to happen with still a month remaining last season, and he, had, he got jettisoned from USC after a one-and-one one start, and there were rumors that could have happened a little bit earlier than that, maybe at the end of the previous couple of seasons. But the, the foresight and the aggressiveness that athletic director Jared Benko showed to go get somebody with that kind of pedigree who has won a Rose Bowl, won a Pac-12 championship, he won 21 games over his first two years, went 46-24 and 24 during his tenure as head coach. But to now say that, Somebody that spent the last dozen years in Los Angeles is going to be running the football program in Little Statesboro, Georgia. That, that, that gives you an immediate amount of recognition on a national scale for someone that has been there for over a decade and one of the most recognizable brands in the entire country. People are excited. They've gone about the changes the right way. They've tried to reiterate that, look, we're not changing because everything you did is wrong, but if you want to try to get to where in your own conference where an Appalachian state, a coastal, a Louisiana have climbed to, and then on a grander scale. If you want to get up to a Boise, a Cincinnati, a Houston, I know two of those are going to the Big 12 in the next couple of years. But if you want to ascend to that kind of level in the group of five, you've got to be more flexible. You've got to show more balance with your offense. Now, throwing the ball hasn't typically worked at Georgia Southern, but I think they've gone about the transition in the right way. And surprisingly, there hasn't been a whole lot of resistance when before when they tried to do that. It just hasn't been met with much fanfare here at Eagle Nation. All right, Luke, get in here. Talking to Danny Reed, voice of uh, Georgia Southern. Danny, talk about quarterback position. Looks like uh, you, you did get a transfer from Buffalo. Six-year guy, uh, Kyle Ventrese, is he going to be uh, the one taking the snaps? Yeah, he's a really impressive guy, and I'm not talking about what he does on the field. He's been really good in that huddle, running this up-tempo offense, but simply just have a conversation with the guy. He's really impressive, a real family guy, and I think that that's why that he ultimately chose George Southern because the coaching staff were recruiting his parents when he came down just as much as they were recruiting him, and he said as warm as it felt for them, as comfortable as they felt, that is what helped him make his decision that much easier. And to be honest with you, for the last five years in Buffalo, he started 26 games, but a lot of their offense was based around the run game. And it makes sense when you've got running backs like Patterson and Marks and you know, Jerry Patterson's with the Washington Commanders and was one of the nation's leading rushers just a couple of years ago. Buffalo was number two in the country during the COVID season. But now this is going to be more of putting the ball in his hands and letting him win you a football game, whereas before he was almost a change of pace. Now, for people down in Statesboro who know that running the game has been the key the last four decades, it's going to be different for them for sure. But to know that he's actually going to have the ball in his hands and be able to use a talented group of receivers at his disposal, I think that's going to be exciting to watch. Yeah. I'm interested in your your take on the East. You've you've been at Georgia Southern seven, eight years. Um, You're not at a school named Coastal Carolina. You're not at a school named Appalachian (laughs) State. The, the East, um, we, we don't get to play you guys this year. We play Coastal. But, I mean, the East this year is set to be the, the stronger side of the conference. And most people you would talk to would say that the East is definitely going to be punching above its weight class. And for the West, I think they could be 
comparably as strong, but Louisiana is probably the comfortable favorite, depending on what Texas State, South Alabama, Arkansas State do. But you're in a league now where maybe as recent as five years ago, this was a decent league, but now it is becoming rapidly one of the top group of five leagues in the entire country with an East division that has, I think at one point you'll get to where five, six teams could potentially win that division. Now this year, I know James Madison is transitioning. Old Dominion's coming off a one and six start, even though they did get to a bowl with those five straight wins at the end of the season and Georgia Southern off a three and nine season. But I don't think it's out of the question to think that maybe anybody in that division could ultimately win that division. But every week, once you get into facing like teams, you can't slip. This is not a league where you're just going to be able to play your B game and hope to win because if you play your B game, you're going to lose more often than not now. And I think that that's compelling, and I think it's going to make for a lot more watchable football as opposed to some of the other group of five leagues. What, what's your, where's your favorite place to go in, in the East as far as an away game? Uh, Eagle fans won't like hearing this, but the view from the press box at Appalachian State is incredible. To be on the top of the top of the mountain up there, Shadow Howard's Knob at Kid Brewer Stadium, just to overlook that. If you play at night, it's probably going to be about five degrees, so the view won't take you as much as the the bone chilling temperatures. But if you can play in the afternoon, the view overlooking the mountain is gorgeous. It's been a tough place to win for a lot of reasons. North Carolina's going to find that out really soon. But as far as just view and, and venue, it, it probably is the best in this league. Tell him, uh, tell him Kelly, what do we call him? Yeah, the Georgia Southern students actually told me that you call the you call Appalachian State crap state. Not, not. Well, they call Georgia Southern the stink, so it, it's it's kind of a back and forth. <laughs> this is the school that stole the name The Rock. Am I correct? Appalachian State. That's the name of their stadium that they stole from us. You immediately have a storyline when you guys play each other. That's just yeah, perfect. Yeah. yeah. They stole our colors. They stole the name of our stadium. Yeah. We don't get to play them. And we're right. and we're very thankful two years ago our game against them was canceled because of a hurricane. Yeah, we were oh, that, I forgot we're, about that. That's we right. We were that year. We were really grateful about that. Hey, we're also <laughs> grateful about your time, Danny. We really appreciate uh, you coming on our program and uh, we look forward to a lot of good competitive athletics with Georgia Southern University. All right, guys. Good luck to y'all. We'll catch up soon. All right, Danny Reed from Georgia Southern. What's the nickname? They're the Eagles as well. But are they? But their their power cry or their war cry rather is Gata, like where we say to the top, they say Gata, which means get after that a word. I got. You. All right, Danny Reed, Georgia Southern University. Thank him and David Eckert. We'll be back. Wrap up uh, this edition of the Eagle Hour next. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Final segment on this rainy Monday brought to you by DBAT and D1 Training. Great day like this to go see them at D1 and DBAT. Great indoor facilities, instruction, pro shop. It's all there. DBAT Hattiesburg. Luke, Bob, and Kelly from the Southern Bank Horse Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel. Appreciate Danny Reed coming on, uh, working. We'll, we'll probably finish up, guys, this week um, our tour of the Sun Belt. 
guys from Coastal, Coastal Carolina, Georgia State, Monroe, and and uh, the previously mentioned Appalachian State um, will be joining us. Just kind of looking at uh, Georgia Southern went three and nine last year, but I mean, you know, t- to your point, guys, and what Danny was saying, I mean, Clay Helton, that's a big hire. Um, for for Georgia Southern, they they open up four straight non conference games. Morgan State, then they go to Lincoln, take on Nebraska at UAB, and then Ball State at home, and then that East schedule at Coastal, at Georgia State, James Madison at home, at Old Dominion, South Al at home, at Lafayette, Marshall, and App State to close it out. Man, that's a they go to Coastal, to Georgia State, to uh, to Louisiana. Welcome to the Sun Belt. Clay Hilton. But they also they're also playing UAB, so you'll get that that conference USA Sun Belt uh, battle that we that we're looking for, you yeah. know, to see how how it shakes out this year between those two conferences. Luke, and I know you're going to talk about soccer in a second, but while you're on the subject of Georgia Southern, I just wanted to there there are so many similarities right now between Georgia Southern and Southern Miss athletically. These are two schools that have had very rich football traditions, but lately have been down, as, as Danny talked about, you know, on the air uh, with a, an, another new coach, you know, coming in to take over. Uh, basketball at both schools have just have just really struggled at uh, Georgia Southern. They've been through three or four coaches over there in basketball. Nothing seems to to they just tread water basketball wise, keeping their head above the water. And, and then baseball wise. You know, consistency. Rodney Hennon has been there, I think, 14 years as the head coach. Strong baseball program. They hosted a Super Regional this year, just like Southern Miss. So the parallels between those two schools are almost eerie. They're just, they're so much alike uh, in their ups and downs where they are on their athletic programs now. Soccer uh, drops a decision out on the plains against the Auburn Tigers uh, for their first game of the year. Trying to rebound as they go to Tuscaloosa, 6 o'clock on Thursday, and take on the Alabama Crimson Tide. All right. Um, a couple weeks ago, an anonymous listener reached out and, uh, and, and gently told Bob Getty, uh, the defense is working back to, to be able to call themselves the nasty bunch. And I, I heard this clip from Austin Armstrong and, and I think Bob, you will be, you will be, you'll be happy to hear what Southern Miss defensive coordinator Austin Armstrong said, uh, about his defense being able to use the term nasty bunch. Here's what he said. I'm from Alabama, right right across the Mississippi line. My, my mother's from Mississippi, and I have a lot of Southern Miss with my family. So I grew up thinking that Southern Miss was in the SEC, you know, because they played Alabama, they played Auburn, they played the people that I really grew up watching. And when you watch them play, I mean, like, they were so good. They, they played the game the right way, right? And to me, we have to earn the right and the privilege to be called the Nasty Bunch. You know, we don't want to just say that mantra, right, because so many people had action and achieved so many things. Uh, to be to, to, get, to gain that mantra, right? And we're certainly trying to do our part and make everybody that's been associated with this program proud of that. And I think what that phrase means to me is relentless physicality, effort, enthusiasm, and love. And we're trying to bring that back. I think we got a good shot too. You happy, Bob? Getty? There you go. See, there you go. But that's really all you've ever said, Bob. Right. That's all I've ever said. Yeah. Is they were magnificent in their day. There, it was electric to watch them play. And. Uh, so I just think they earned. I think they earned a name that you really got to. They set a really high bar. And, and he, I, I you heard what he, he said. It. You heard what he said at the end. He said they, you know, he feels like they have a good, good chance for it. And I was. That's why I was intrigued about asking David Eckert about the outside opinion. And man, he didn't. He didn't blink. I mean, you guys heard. He didn't stutter at all. He said, "Hey, this defense is good." And 
as good as they were last year, they upgraded at several positions. And then you got guys on the corners like Eric Scott, who has just drastically has made a, a several steps forward. Um, and so I, I feel like we're good enough at the corner position um, to be able to blitz like Armstrong wants to blitz, and then to be able to drop in coverage because the front four can get to the quarterback. So I'm excited to see what the nasty bunch will do this there year. We go. All right, Coach Armstrong will actually be on the Eagle Hour tomorrow. We talked to him. At, at great length over the weekend, and uh, we're going to have uh, him on the show uh, tomorrow. we got a great week of uh, guests. We're jam-packed with guests every day, so we're really looking forward to that. All right, we introduced earlier Nathan Lee. Now, Nathan, you're 35 seconds away from sitting in the entire show, and unfortunately, there's nowhere else to put you beside Kelly Santer. Hey, I bathed Saturday, my once a month. I was wondering what that smell was. Yeah. Once a month. Blocking out that obnoxious outfit he's got on, uh, are you coming back? Uh, I think I will make a return, y'all. Don't worry. He has to or he doesn't get credit. Yeah, that's right. Check yeah. your wallet. That's right. <laughs> make, sure there's, make sure there's money in your wallet. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to make can, sure he didn't he steal can, nothing from my backpack. Or don't turn your back or leave your backpack laying around Santa <laughs> if you're not in the room with him. All right. Uh, we're glad to have Nathan on board. Uh, we're glad to have you guys Tune in each and every day. We'll be back tomorrow at 1 o'clock. Until then, Southern Miss. To the top. To the top. Talk Mississippi Media Production.